What do you want in an energy weapon? I, I, I want to shoot far. What else do you want? I will want to hit hard. I think I know what you want. PPPC. Little Seizures PPCs. Come on in to Little Seizures and pick up a hot and ready PPC for just three bucks. Or really shake their cockpits with an ER PPC for just five bucks. And when we say bucks, we do of course mean a hundred thousand C-bills. Little Seizures. PPPC. Your enemies aren't gonna like the way they shook. I guarantee it. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world. This is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 109. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is April 16th, 2014, and now I'm joined by Darren, a.k.a. B-Dill. Hey, hey, that's not what it says on the script. And today's co-host, Brandon, a.k.a. Catchkel. Oh, hi. And special guest host, James, a.k.a. Raffle Waffle. What's going on, James? Not much, man. Good to be on. I was going to say, you invited me on your podcast, which we're going to talk about, and uh, I just figured it was fitting for you to be here. So, welcome. Bunch of Thank you. back scratching going on here, I think. I know, right? You know. <laughs> uh, such podcasts. <laughs> All right. Also, we have today's special guest. You guys know him as the Berg, Carl Berg. He is Senior Systems Engineer over at Prana Games. So what's going on, Carl? How are you? Not bad, guys. Uh, welcome. welcome here, of course. Yeah, man, this is actually the first time I think we've actually met earlier and spoken in at least, you know, voice. Um, so anyways, you've been interacting quite a bit with the community, answering a lot of questions, being very open and blunt about things, and it's being well you know, received by the community, and we wanted to reach out. But uh, first off, what is a systems engineer? <laughs> like, can you briefly, <laughs> layman's terms? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, we deal with uh, all sorts of things at, at MechWarrior. Uh, primarily, we, we deal with uh, the servers that run the game. So everything from database profile, uh, matchmaking, you know, communications, telemetry, all, that's, all that good stuff is all within the systems group. We also deal with uh, a lot of engine support work, particularly physics, networking issues, so a little bit of everything. You're keeping the machine running. Yeah, yeah, a troubleshooting group. Do you guys have a name for the servers? Like, do you name your servers? Uh, we named the servers... Uh, Omicron Online was the the Omicron was the code name for the project, of course. So Omicron Online Services was the code name for the the backend. It's very creative. Right on. Now I'm assuming when you when you talk about systems, like you guys actually have to create these in CryEngine, and then am I assuming that correctly? Like these aren't things that just come with CryEngine as well. Oh no no, we wrote this from scratch. In fact, none of this works on top of CryEngine. Yeah, we we wrote this all in C plus uh, on top of Linux. It's uh, 
network communications layer, distributed server architecture. And we've written uh, basically a communication layer that we plugged into CryEngine that'll, that'll communicate with our backend. When you say we, what is a, a typical engineering group like? What do you, who are you working with? There's really three of us, I guess, yeah. Three systems engineers that, that work on these systems. Right on, so you got backup? Yep, yeah, got some backup. It's always right. important. So, you know, we've got a lot of systems. You mentioned host state and a few others. Uh, what are you working on at the moment, behind the scenes? Currently working on uh, Omnimax support, in fact. Uh, building out a lot of new stuff for, for clans when that drops. So, in regards to Omnimax new systems, um, do they not work currently based off you know, the current systems? Actually not. Uh, design has thrown us lots of fun curveballs for Omnimax. So, uh, in particular, they, they want a lot of new... Uh, they want to differentiate it from the inner Max quite a quite a good deal. So we've got everything from new types of items, new inventory options, new mech lab operations, whole pile of new stuff that'll be pretty exciting, I hope. So I'm assuming that's because obviously the construction for them is different. Like for instance, the equipment, you know what, you know, um, Indosteel, Ferrofibrous, how you know particular engines work, and there's probably gameplay and stuff. But uh, all that has to be done behind the scenes and. I guess it is, when you look at it from that regards, it's, it is pretty, I would say, uh, not, not different per se, but it's based on a whole set of different rules. For sure, yeah. I mean, they, they brought in the entire Omnipod concept now, right? So it's, a, it's an exciting, exciting thing to work on, that's for sure. I was going to say, we're actually, um, you know, as far as I'm looking forward to seeing visual representations of these two, by the way, like seeing screenshots of how the Omnimex work. There's been a lot of discussion, and I don't know if you're able to answer this. So if you're not, understand. Uh, you know, for instance, a lot of people have been speculating about, you know, the, the Timberwolf and the Mad Cat ears, you know, if you will, uh, and whether or not that'll be a separate, uh, you know, um, damage, you know, model system, or if it'll be, you know, part of the left and right torso and stuff. But uh, are, you, are you able to confirm or deny or... Actually, no, I haven't even followed up on that. Uh, just based on the, the new modular designs, I mean, the, the mech art team really went back and uh, did a whole overhaul on their, their art pipeline for that stuff not, not even too long ago. So you'll notice uh, just swapping out weapons and such, they're, they're a lot more modular and dynamic. I, w- I would imagine that the, the Omnibacks are really pushing the limits of that for sure. So quick question that you deal with the systems. Are you the one we should point a finger at with the uh, whole, what is it, the... the weapons and the LRMs, where they're placed on the max. I mean, Raffle, you know, and you guys, Brandon, I mean, you know when you put like an LRM5 and you want it to be up top and then it goes down. Are you the one to pester about that or would that be someone <laughs> else? Would That's you answer that question? Uh, I could definitely talk about it. I don't know, uh, don't know how much the gameplay team would appreciate it for sure. <laughs> well, do, do you have any influence over there? Could, you know, do you know anything bad about any of them and blackmail them maybe? Yes, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been pushing those buttons as hard as I can, so I'll be sure to keep on them. I was going to say, that is something I've heard quite a bit is, you know, the placement of the weapons and stuff. And um, I can also understand it from a design perspective, though, if, you know, maybe you don't want that uh, particular autocannon to be placed up high. Like, you always want to be placed low, so, like, you know, I don't know. But anyways, um, you know, as we move down into the other discussion topics, we want you to pipe in, Carl, because, you know, you have been active out there. I've, you know, in particular, we're going to be talking about the MW lobby and stuff like that. But uh, feel free to pipe in or if you got to run. I just want to say thank you again for, you know, making an entrance on here and saying hello. And obviously we'll be, I think, reaching out to you and getting more in-depth, maybe on a Mech Stebs and Beer podcast uh, later on where it's just me, you, and Darren 
and some beer. At least, oh, that sounds excellent. If you can. Yeah. We'll sure. even drink Canadian beer. Ah, of course. Wouldn't have any other way. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem, guys. All right. So moving on. Uh, first off, uh, Raffle. James. Uh, I'm yes. I'm call you James. Yes. Uh, James, War a.k.a. Room. Raffle Waffle. Give an introduction of War Room. What is it? Okay, so back in, I believe it was October, I was sitting around one day talking to some friends, and I realized that it would be fun to start a show about the competitive side of MechWarrior. I'd been playing competitively as a pilot for about half a year, and I thought it'd be interesting to just sort of start a show discussing what it was that these competitive pilots were doing, how much work we were all putting in, and really what made the competitive aspect so much different than the public aspect. And so I started War Room. Uh, we started out with a six-man cast. We did shows every Thursday night at late o'clock in the evening. And we would just talk about whatever the current theme was. Started out with uh, meta discussion about Pop-Tarts and stuff like that. And eventually moved into tactics and things like that. And uh, discussion of patch notes and how things, new updates, would affect the competitive community. And yeah, so we're still going. Took a week off last week because I was super busy with school. But yeah, keeping at it. I was going to say, you know, when you talk about the competitive scene, there's multiple different facets, multiple different, you know, um, subjects you can talk about, uh, whether it's, as you said, the meta, whether it's, oh, hey, then, you know, new variants out for the Phoenix that were just released yesterday, and, you know, which ones are good and why and stuff like that. But also, there's there's a lot more to that. And what I, what I really like about War Room is the fact that, like, last, what was it, two weeks ago, you guys were talking about, like, um, playing to win. And, yep. uh, you know, strategies for individuals when they're looking at really getting into MWO, what they need to concentrate personally, whether that's, you know, situational awareness, knowing what max the loadouts, where to go. And then also, like, I mean, there's terrain, what positions, you know, give you the best, uh, you know, um, I mean, skills. I mean, we're, we're not just talking about just to be a competitive player. You just have to be a good shot. Oh, it goes way beyond that. I mean, you got to have basic tactics. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm nobody to speak here, but it's yeah. This there's people that are good at individual things, but I think to be one of the best in the competitive side, from all the you know watching and listening to War Room myself, you got to have all the skills. Yeah, and and that was a lot of what I wanted to bring to the table was I wanted people to be able to go to a place and have uh, information about you know what is it that teams value, how is it that these people play in such a different fashion that gives them this edge. And uh, a lot of it can be boiled down to like pure skill, like purely skilled pilots will go a long way. But then there's also the aspect of uh, tactics and coordination and having somebody on your team that's capable of uh, performing those roles. Hey, I want to get a point, a point across basically to all of our listeners, which is that this is a seriously entertaining podcast to watch and to listen to. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe if you're not into the competitive scene, you might think it's doesn't, you know, there's no value to it. But I guarantee just watching, listening, and, um, you know, basically applying some of the stuff that you can hear on this podcast, videocast, will improve your game, even if you're a pugger. Uh, it's totally worth it. I've enjoyed every single episode since I started watching, and they also drink while they talk, so you can uh, you can relax and sit back and chill with them and have some fun. Well, I think, <laughs> you know, one of the things I want to point out, too, is um, there may be a stereotype sort of affiliated, you know, like when you drop in and a match you're right you're pugging or maybe you're in a four-man group and you drop and you see an enemy group and they're nothing but you know cataphracts or in a highland or a victor and oh you know gtfo fucking you know compete you know like go back to your 12 man it's like i i've seen that 
you know, and oh, get get out of here with your meta. Now, there is a separation even in the competitive scene to where there's playing to win all the time, and which means they're going to do whatever is the best as far as the strategies, whether it's you know pop tarting or whatever. And the end goal is to win for them, and that's what they strive for, and that's fine. And then you've got another side of the competitive scene um, that they play in leagues, uh, and we'll get into that. Of um, there is rules, there is regulations, there is mixing it up, and you know they're they're put on you know the spot because you know maybe they drop on a particular map that's uh, you know they hadn't trained for, maybe ECM's removed from the equation. So I just want to say, just because someone says competitive, don't just chalk them up to you know oh well they're just meta whores they're not that's not their goal either um you know so do you have any comments on that uh james uh i would just say that uh there are there are aspects of competitive players that just get under people's skin uh like being competitive can have that effect especially if you're playing with somebody who's more vocal about it uh i mean i have trouble if i'm in a game and i see somebody doing something that i like completely disagree with it like it sucks it, it irritates me a little bit but some people are more vocal about that. I try and stay quiet because on occasion I get recognized and I like to preserve the pseudo good image I have. <laughs> but it can be uh, it can be noticeable when competitive players have a problem with somebody. And I wouldn't put that on everyone. I would put that on individuals over teams. I think it goes both ways and we all got to remember we're just players. However we you know decide we want to play. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, the most important thing here, unless, Phil, you have more to expand on that? No, I, I was just going to say, uh, welcome, Tyler. Jaeger's finally here. What's oh, going hey, on, Tyler. man? Yeah, <laughs> no, welcome. You, you know, I definitely wanted your input as well, because, I mean, you're, you're, you guys are top of the food chain when it comes to, you know, the competitive scene, even though I know... The, the well, let him pipe in on the next thing, but we don't want to skip this, which yes, is... Yes, um, focus, focus. James, how do we find it? If these people want to go watch War Room, how do they get there? Uh, Twitch TV slash RothWaffle49 or uh, my YouTube War Room Network. Uh, I can provide you guys a link with that here in a second. Oh, we no, no, no problem. We'll get them in oh, the show notes. Perfect. Great. Uh, yeah. So go to either of those places. Uh, that's where I post all of my videos. I keep all my VODs up if you want to watch them on Twitch. I don't know. Some people prefer Twitch over YouTube. but uh, And then I post everything I do on YouTube uh, as well as the show. I'm also doing some uh, casting with Thrax from SJR. Uh, so we do some casted matches every once in a while when we have the time and post those up there as well. So yeah. So I just want to pipe in here, um, spectator mode. Uh, I know this isn't on our notes, but this is actually a pretty important uh, thing to you guys. I would cry if I had spectator mode. Well, Not really, but I'd be really and, happy. Well, me and Darren, obviously, we, we sat down with uh, uh, you know a lot of the league uh, leagues that we're about to talk about, and we were saying, you know, me and Darren now have the ability to spectate live matches. You know, um, obviously, there are some logistics, and, and we'll have to get through it's that. It's in but... closed alpha right now. Yeah, yeah, and we're you know we want to get more people access, but I think there's you know obviously security and logistics issues. But one of the things that's really cool is now we have that ability to do that. And uh, one thing we're going to be doing is streaming you know matches on the official channel, and then you know obviously you guys I think will um, you know restream it and do commentary and stuff like that. But we are you know reaching out and doing uh, getting a hold of uh, people and going to be doing that. So I I'm really excited just for the fact that I know that's probably the next thing you guys want after private matches but uh anyways just wanted to make that announcement that we can do that and yeah. it, it is happening finally and um it took me you know uh working with uh, brian windover and him working with a bunch of people by the way uh behind the scenes getting that uh, so uh, we can do that so 
the the way it works right now is that we take uh, two different streamers from each team and we blow up their streams on one overlay to allow people to see both sides of the match and then we blow up the mini-maps so you can see a little bit of the strategy but with a spectator tool it would mean I don't have to sort through replays <laughs> and we would be able to give you the full scope of like what's on the battlefield at what times and where teams are moving and the exact positions so I'm looking forward to it. It's coming. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And thank hey. you to whoever is behind that and uh, is making it available and you guys for pushing on it. So thank Phil you. Phil and Brian Windover. Hey, Carl, you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's good to see that tool get used. We sort of did that under the table at first. So it's, uh, it's a really neat thing to see. Uh, plus, uh, we actually do support two in-game spectators at once. Just throw that out there. Awesome. Oh yeah. We're going to make use of it, no doubt. And it is, like I said, pretty much kind of in uh, closed alpha, but um, you know, we're working on getting it out there for everybody as soon as possible. But hey, speaking of uh, private matches, let's jump into player-run leagues and tournaments. And uh, last week, we pretty much got a breakdown from Tyler regarding all the individual leagues and, and tourneys that are out there, so we don't need to do that again. But it would be fun, uh, James, with you to kind of discuss essentially the past, the present, where you guys stand today, and the future with... Uh, the private matches coming and spectator and you know everything that the, the tools that are going to be available in the future yeah um i'm sure you guys know there are basically three major leagues right now mrbc arhad and merrick I, you mentioned you talked about those um personally what i'm looking forward to with these private matches is this game will now become much less of a time sink uh, you can still do practices and stuff like that, and you can still spend as much of your time on it as you want. But before, to do a match, you could spend anywhere from an hour if you were having good luck to, like, four hours if you were having really bad luck. I know Jaeger and the guys have had a couple of rough weeks in a row in terms of sinks. So it, it can be really rough if you're not able to find those matches in uh, an orderly fashion. It's pretty random. Well... It can be random and it cannot be random. Oh, dude, it would drive me fucking insane. It's painful. Yeah, like yeah, I'd, I, I would be. It'd be like that's well, we, actually we don't do it. That's a big well, part of the reason that, why Phil and I are, don't even do it. Yeah, that's why I haven't done it is because I it was like I am not going to subject myself to trying to fit the you know the the square and the circle, the peg, and have to deal with that. I mean, I you know, and I'm not saying any of you guys don't have patience, but I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to put up with the stress. <laughs> well, and, mad props to everybody that's made these happen. I mean, that goes from the people that are organizing these leagues and tournaments to the people that are spectating and con doing the commentary to the people that are running in the units. I mean, you have to drop, like, I, I don't know. I mean, you watch these matches and I love when the action starts, man, there's nothing better, but all that miss drops and they're like, oh, we were trying to sync with somebody else. So they suicide out of there or whatever. And man, it, it's rough. So, but, you know, that is the past. It's kind of what we're dealing with now. Um, two what weeks, do you see? man. Yeah, matches. two weeks. Yep. I'm it all super changes. excited. It's going to be nice. Well, I think I don't think we've really sat and talked about the future. I mean, really. I mean, honestly, we have private matches in two weeks. Uh, I mean, Carl, again, I, I don't... This is huge. I mean, just for the fact of, hey, we want to do a, a, a four-on-four, or we want to do a seven-on-seven, seven, or eight. We want to do a unit practice, 12v12. And uh, being able to actually do that instantaneously instead of having to continuously drop or maybe have a specific drop deck. I mean, have to pick a certain map. I mean, now that's all changing. I mean, that's that's it's it's literally going to be in the past in two weeks. And I know a lot of people uh, have been waiting for this a lot. You guys have been literally waiting 
for over what a year uh, well i mean since launch in september but i mean these are some of the features that everyone has wanted and especially the competitive scene being able to do so for sure yeah i mean it's really exciting to get this one out there too uh, it, i've seen the internal builds and it's looking it's looking really really slick actually so i think it's uh it's gonna be very positively positively received you know from a system design or system engineer standpoint can you just pipe in maybe some of the difficulties of maybe not why it's taken so long but was ui 2.0 the reason i mean like was that really the caveat of it not being out for sure yeah i mean of course uh we could we could write a lot of stuff on the back end side uh put all the server support for whatever features we want in there but you know as long as the ui team was working on ui2 there was no way for us to expose it to the clients right so it it was a matter of uh you know have to wait for that to, to clear up first before they could really go back and finish off all these new features for the community. I so can hear uh, Brian Ekman in the background, I think. You can hear, yeah. The <laughs> studio's pretty active right now. Sorry about that. No, Business no, happening. I it's just, all good. It's, it's funny that I recognize his voice. So Yeah, Windover's right beside me. Kind of upset because I'm... I was going to say, you should uh, poke fun at Brian. Just, uh, yeah, what was it, uh, Darren? Three? Just tell him three. Three dropped. Three dropped. Okay. I, I think he'll understand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all right. that's... Good times are had in San Francisco. Um, all right, so the future, I mean, you know, Raffle, you know, when it comes to leagues and Tyler as well, leagues, are you guys changing anything up? Is Are you guys thinking about coming out with any new leagues? I mean, what, uh, are, what are you guys doing? I had had thoughts about doing one over the summer. It sounds like there's already uh, one or two that are springing up. And if those take the place, I'm fine with that because I have kind of limited time. Uh but I know Merrick is planning on doing a couple restriction, a couple new restrictions. I think all planets are going to actually be certain maps, so you won't have like random maps anymore, which would be fun. Um, I don't know about the other two, but it's gonna it's gonna spawn some new stuff right away in a couple of leagues, and then I think down the road it'll open the way to uh, lots of new different kinds of leagues. Because as you mentioned, the differing group sizes could be a huge thing in terms of different kinds of play so now tyler uh do you guys foresee something maybe negative coming out of uh you know the competitive scene going mainstream and i guess what i'm trying to say is the more and more people watch you know meta builds and what it is you know obviously the trickle down do you feel like that's a possibly a bad thing or just sort of something that's going to happen and you can't really stop it anyway well look running the, the optimized build it's simply the best way to run your mech within the game that PGI has given us. And that's what we seek out. We spend hours and hours trying to find the, the best builds on the best mechs that work together to give us the best advantages for a competition. And if somebody wants to use a mech that gives them an advantage or will make them better at the game, then I'm all for that. Of course, I don't want that to, I don't want it to invalidate like everything else in the game I'm sure people can have fun and private matches will be a great way for people to do that people will be actually be able to drop in stock mechs against each other now so that's totally an option for people to want to run a league like that now carl um do you do you play often or do you play much at all uh i test a lot <laughs> i gotta say that i haven't played much since we uh since we stopped doing the the eight mans actually we're doing our pgi eight man drop so I was gonna well, say that, that's okay. It. We want you doing your your job, man. And and uh, fair I enough. Mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just brought that up just for the fact of you made a comment. You know, you're watching uh, stream and you're like, man, you know, you guys are you know really good. And 
it's funny because you know we had Matt Newman on the stream, and you know he was always like, "Man, when I play by myself, I do so much better. But when I play with you guys, you know, you just you drag me up, and it's a whole nother level." You know, I can say the same thing when I go and I play with you know Tyler. I mean, when I do your fun four man drop, well, maybe not four man, but twelve mans, it's definitely a whole nother atmosphere, and uh, you know it's really fun. So I definitely say if you haven't. Um, you know, Carl, maybe one night just hopping on and definitely getting an understanding of what what it means to, to play at that, that level um, as far as the competitive scene. Um, yeah, for sure. It, I think it would open the eyes to a lot of people uh, of, it is it is different. And unfortunately, sometimes it's very punishing because you make a mistake, you're out of the fight really quick. So definitely it reinforces, you know, being at the top of your game, doing things two step before, you know, way ahead of you know the time you, you can't be you know lagging behind or you know um reacting right. you've got to be you have to be proactive i almost uh, i think is the the mentality there seems to be a misconception that playing in the the high tier games like that is just slinging 30 point sniper alphas at each other jump snipers but there's far more to it than that and the the movement the way that the different mechs interact with each other because we do impose weight restrictions on each other, so there's our light mechs, there's... The light mechs whatever are mechs definitely are. very important. Scouting is extremely important, depending on the game mode, capping or the objectives is important. There's much more than just jump sniping back at each other. But then, when we are jump sniping back at each other, which ultimately happens at some point in the game, you should really break down what the, the person that's streaming or whatever is doing. There's a lot more to jump sniping than just jumping up in the air. Uh, if you're going to defeat your opponent that has exactly the same equipment as you, the same loadout, it, there's a lot of little fine little things you need to do in order to take advantage over them. Well, and I, that's one of the reasons why I love the fact that I, I think there's going to be a lot of increased exposure to the competitive side, the communities, the leagues, so tournaments or whatever. I think there's misconceptions always, you know, and, you know, in both directions and, and, the fact that this game basically is a multi-layered cake and you, you can start off at just random battles and low elo and head all the way up to the, basically the level you guys are on, which is just insanity to me. The thing you have to be thinking so many multiple things at the exact same time. And you're right. If you if you all have the same mechs, the same builds, essentially, then there's got to be something that gives you that edge. And it's just fine tuning everything to basically perfection. And I think it's amazing to watch and it's a lot of fun. It's interesting, like, uh, watching each unit competitive team has a different style. Uh, one of the things SJR is, they're very aggressive, like, uh, you know, jumping around, but they're always usually pushing towards the enemy, um, whereas, you know, 228 and, and, you know, BSK and all the, they all have their own flavors, and it's actually pretty cool, um, and they use that against each other, too, sometimes uh, when I'm watching matches, uh, so, you know, with that all being said, again, um, you know, I just want to shine a light on the competitive scene. It is going to be getting bigger. And, you know, I think, uh, like I said, sort of dissolving that sort of stigma of, oh, well, all they care about is, you know, meta and pop-tarting and, oh, go to go to your 12s. Um, you know, you, it's the same thing. A lot of these guys just want to win. And not all of them. Um, they, they take out fun builds all the time. Um, I just think, you know, just I know we're getting off topic here, but, Tyler, when we were doing, um, you know, four-mans, we would hit other pre-mates on the other team, two, three, or, you know, one, two, or sometimes three full four-man pre-mates, and they would be running all of the meta, 
and we would get stomped and so it'd be like okay time to bust out business time and that wasn't because you know you wanted to per se it's like you if you didn't you would just keep running in the same groups and getting getting rolled and you know so right it's because the the, when we do run the optimized builds we win almost non-stop and so the elo matchmaker is accounting for that and expecting us to pull that much weight every single drop and if we're in less optimized mechs where we can't pull as much weight we we let the matchmaker down and our team basically because when the team was put together it was expecting us to do more it was expecting us to put up like a 700 800 point game so uh fours though is is great it's where you learn all about survival it's where you learn skills that you then take into 12s and apply we just had something posted uh bernie you want to chime in and let everyone know what that is Oh, yes. Well, something was just posted uh, this weekend, well, April 18th until the 22nd. Win five matches, get another free mech and a free mech bay. It's basically the same thing as happened with the Centurion. Except this time we're getting a brand new Thunderbolt, which we have not seen before. Mm. It'll be great. The one in the notes that everyone was talking about. Yes, the one that's on the server that we can't access. All right, so, you know, moving forward, we've got a lot that is going to be kicking off with, um, you know, the competitive scene. And let me, again, break this up into you have different, you know, categories under competitive. Uh, you have, you know, Arhad, which we we're talking about, which is, uh, Tyler, you're mentioning, you know, you've got a basic set of rules, but it's just basically you win, you know, wait, and there are no, you know, it's, it's very loose. Then you've got more, you know, uh, stuff like Merrick and you've got uh, MRBC and we even had Proxys, I think, that uh, a lot of people are enjoying, but there were more rules, more restrictions, maybe some, uh, you know, stuff like that. What kind of support, you know, should you guys or would you guys expect from, you know, PGI moving forward um, for the comp scene? Or what What are things that... More make it a wish, wish list. Yeah, yeah. What, what would you like to see? I mean, I'm a toss this out there uh james uh spectator mode being able to did you hear our suggestion russ by the way for how they should implement spectator uh no i did not but i would be interested to because i have my own ideas (laughs) carl um just chiming in here if you haven't um you guys are going to have private matches right now it's going to have check boxes and stuff like that i think it'd be awesome if you guys just had like uh, a spectator so like for instance if raffle is hosting the match he can invite you know siri or whoever else into the match into that spectator slot and then boom you don't have to worry about any outside you know people coming into a match unexpectedly or giving someone access to a you know spectator tool you know uh to for abuse to happen so it only be selected individuals you want spectating your match but to be clear this was a suggestion this isn't something official that's coming this is something (laughs) we would love to have fair enough yeah it's uh definitely a cool feature all right, uh, Tyler, you know, and, and James, what do you guys think? What would you like to see from uh, PGI? Personally, I'm I'm not so worried about the implementation of it in terms of getting into the match. What I more care about is once you're inside of the match. Um, I'd love to be able to see what's going on in terms of like mech percentages and names in an overlay. So, uh, like, if, if any of you have ever played Counter-Strike, you have, you know, players' names on the left and right side when you're spectating a game, as long as well as, like, what weapon they're using and what percentage they're at. So you could do the same thing. You could do, like, pilot names with a little ragdoll, and then, you know, their designation letter, which would be their designation, could maybe hover over their mech on the field. Uh, that, that free-flow camera that we saw at the launch event would be absolutely perfect. 
but it needs a way to highlight uh, mechs as a certain team. So just if you could get a little like floating thing above every mech that's, you know, this is alpha for blue team or alpha for red team. Stuff like that is the kind of things that I um, would be super excited to see. If anybody at all is wondering why, uh, you know, Phil and I might have uh, sounded like we were having difficulties at the launch event on commentating, uh, it's the things that he was just talking about. I mean, we couldn't tell one team from the other, even even with, um, you know, team colors. It was sometimes difficult because of the train or whatever. Um, so we're right there with you. And as far as those uh, those assets, we want those tools in there, too. I mean, that's really why it's in closed alpha. We're trying to get it all together so that uh, those things, um, the tools are there so that it can be used like it needs to be. Well, especially when you're top down view, because I think it's cool seeing that type of uh, movement from the players, but from the bird's eye view, you definitely get an understanding of the the tactical movement. Uh, next, thing you know, you see a, you know a group of lights split off and flank left and stuff like that. But on certain maps, well, actually all maps, um, and especially certain ones like Terra Therma or River City Night, um, you have to almost like at their ground level, like a little highlight at ground level, to distinguish red team versus blue team, if you will, uh, is absolutely necessary. And then I think what you said, James, is correct. Uh, you know, I played uh, EVE Online, their EVE Alliance tournament. They would have, like, a little picture and name of the person and, like, a health bar and stuff. And then, obviously, what they did is they created a UI inlet so you could click on the individual person and it snaps to that person. That would be another great feature, too. So, like, right now, the, the spectator, you have to rotate through by clicking, like, spectate, like you're dead, you know? and. Mm-hmm. So that takes forever because, you know, there, there's 24 people. So I think a feature to where you can snap to whoever you need to and then obviously break away from that person. And uh... that little side panel, if you if you just bring it up in Spectrum, I think page up key to, to pop it out. And the intent there is you get the, the full player list for both sides of the team. Uh, you can actually click on their names to, to pop into first person spectate. Bam. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Features, I guess. Something we, we yeah. Yeah, Something we're definitely looking at cleaning up a bit for you guys, though, for sure. Right on. So, Tyler, do you have any uh, you know dreams, wishes that you want to add or anything that you want to reiterate? And what the competitive community is really looking for is, is ways to customize their game. Now that we're going to have private lobbies, we want to be able to select our maps. We want to be able to select our game modes. We want to be able to alter the game modes if possible. You can play assault mode with, without turrets, conquest mode maybe, with, without turrets, things like that. Assault one base it with turrets on only one side, or or that they'll eventually have the attack and defend mode, which will yep. basically be that I assume. Also, maybe in the future, the ability to change the values on weapons to if you want to make a medium laser do six damage or whatever you want, make adjustments. Let the players do that inside their private lobbies. All that would be great. The what the computer community needs to thrive is the ability uh, to make these private matches with as much customization as possible to support the leagues that we want to do. What about from the social perspective? I mean, like, uh, just in general, like, you know, what could PGI do to help socialize, you know, social push, whether it's on, you know, Facebook. And that's one of the things we try to do, you know, when we when we see a war room goes up or, you know, hey, uh, James just went live with, the, you know, uh, war room, we'll post it on Facebook and stuff. I mean, granted, I know that's not necessarily anything Carl can answer, but that would be more a um, pro- probably an IGP question. But do you guys have any, like, uh, requests as far as, like... Well, is that important to you? I mean, Tyler, is that is is turnout, is people paying attention to the competitive scene important to you? 
It's important to us because the more people that watch these matches, the, the larger that the competitive scene grows, and the more people will become interested in it, the more people will think trying it out will be worth it, and they, they do. A lot of people have been brought to the competitive scene by the streams that people put up for the matches that we do. So always, it's always good to see a lot of people watching, a lot of people enjoying the game that we enjoy streaming and playing. So the more people that are doing that, the better. I agree. I mean, the primary benefit, you know, from people finding out what the competitive scene is, from it getting attention um, and getting more people involved is obviously these tools and these things that we want implemented become more important because more people are, uh, are participating in that. So I'm all aboard that as well. I see it as sort of an evolution, though, as, as a player getting into the game. I mean, you know, I got into MechWarrior um, 3 when I was, you know, 13 or 14. And it was a progression back then, too, and an evolution of me being a just a, a pugger, if you will, playing by, you know, by my lonesome or whatever, then meeting, you know, clans and units, getting, you know, involved with that. Then it was now into you know competitive scene then it was you know leagues and tournaments and all that and i see that same sort of pro you know happening now and it you know i think this sort of leads into our next topic and, and what i mean by this is with private matches one of the problems and one of the issues that uh, tyler i think we we're talking to was a brian or russ that what about the lobby if there's no lobby how are we supposed to find a match and the difficulties are that means word of mouth either hopping on someone else's team speak and saying hey we want to do a 12 man yeah you could do that but it's sort of painful or you know a message internally or something like that or an email well lobby system and it leads right into our next topic which is community made content and how important the value is of and hopefully people understand that if you see it if you see a need feel that need and one of those being is uh um you know the mw lobby i saw this and i remember i saw this a long time ago and i don't know why it didn't occur, occur to me or you know maybe it was just the time of the game or whatever but 12 bravo joe pointed this out and he's like yeah you know mw lobby you know and i went over there and i was like oh my god this is exactly what tyler was talking about now granted it's not a game but i think we just have to be honest with ourselves it's not a game okay um, yeah, it'd be great if it was in game, but it's not. So why not the community do something about it? And that's what they've done. Specifically, uh, Tenbatsu. He's created mwlobby.com where you can log in. And it's basically just like the zone to where you're able to host a game, invite another group leader, find them in game, invite them, boom, there you go. I think this is awesome. I mean, it, am I the only one? I don't think I'm the only one here. I think everyone agrees that this is the greatest thing. Yeah, for sure. I was impressed with it. I jumped in there, gave it a quick look. It's even got those old-fashioned PM ugly yellow pop-up thing. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, the nostalgia <laughs> side, part aside, I, I think what this anything that facilitates um, you know, ease of use, better communication, um, being able to find people to play with is awesome. And this is, I think, going to be an invaluable tool. And this is just one of those things that I think we're going to see kind of you know blossoming as um, the competitive side grows and, and gets more attention this kind of stuff i think is amazing and i love people uh like timbatsu that just they see a need and they feel it i love it i mean tyler uh james i mean what are you guys thoughts i mean are you guys behind this are you going to be utilizing it do you you know are you anti mwo lobby i'm certainly not anti mwo lobby um 
I think both of us probably play in situations where we have a lot of people to play with. Uh, both part of fairly large teams. So I think that for people like that, it may not be as big of a deal. But the, the ability to find somebody to do, say, a 12-man with is definitely there. Uh, that'll definitely be helpful, especially in terms of if it can become widespread enough that everybody's using it at once. You'll be able to see who's playing when, especially during 12-mans, which is super nice because it gives you the ability to check, you know, oh, these guys are playing. Maybe after they're done scrimming so-and-so, we could get a practice match in with them, try and improve our skill, stuff like that. Yeah, if we if we lose the 12s queue, which I'm still hoping we don't, the open 12s queue, then systems like this probably will be used a lot more. We already do from time to time set up scrimmages with other units, but this would be helpful in just seeing exactly what's out there without having to go through all our communication channels. Now, with private matches though, Tyler, private matches literally on the 29th, are you even going to do random 12s? For practice, absolutely. Instead of yeah. just, uh, I mean, you get instead of just not knocking your head against another team over and over and having to I mean it is it is a bit of trouble to find another group of 12 to get into your private lobby with you to drop with uh to just be able to hit launch and fight whatever you got out there now on even terms cuz you're going to have equal weight uh classes at least uh will be good to see it's it's always it's good practice just to drop in 12s and yes. it's easy this will actually be an improvement on the public 12s because it will it, you'll no longer be running into people who are trying to sync or are trying to scrim each other so it's going to mean a lot more uh, a lot more even matches or at least on even basis because sometimes when you're trying to scrim you run up against somebody who's running 800 tons and you're running 675 or something like that and those can be very one-sided matches another reason i don't want to see it go away is because uh, taking it away would create kind of a barrier to entry for new teams that want to try out 12-mans or just random groups of people that want to try out 12s instead of having to go find another group of 12, which can be difficult. Just being able to hit launch in the queue will get you a 12-man game. You'll be able to experience what it's like to work with the entire team on comms, the entire team listening to a drop commander, and it's... Uh, the best part of the game, the 12 skew. It's the most fun I have when I play MechWarrior Online, and everyone should experience it. So okay. I don't want to see a barrier to entry in that players will will think, should we try 12s? Oh, we got to find 20, 12 other people. Now let's just do fours. Gotcha. Understood. Now, obviously, to get back to MW Lobby in particular, I see, I see it as more of a, right now, you've got the entire community, anybody that plays MWO right now, has no way of knowing or getting really in touch with anybody else unless you see their name in game and you add them, right, to add them in, in game. I mean, or you're part of a unit or anything like that. To me, it just sort of feels like the community spread out everywhere. You literally have probably 100 different TeamSpeak pluses being used, and you have probably thousands of units that are going to be out there, multiple different facets of forums. The one thing that I always loved about the zone, in particular, if you look at MW Lobby, would be everyone's there. You know, and especially the way I look at it is if every single unit out there, anybody who's listened to, to this podcast or, you know, word of mouth spread gets on there, logs on, um, in my opinion, it's a great way for us to say, hey, PGI, how about some tools? You know, can, you know, if you guys like this, you see how much, uh, you know, people are enjoying this and th there's a need and there's a want. How about supporting it? Is there any type of integration you can do? Um, you know, what about API tools and stuff like that? I know we mentioned that last week, but these are things that the, the competitive teams 
and community leagues, just whether it's, uh, it doesn't have to do with competitive side too. It could just be like role-playing leagues that may kick off, but them to be able to do and it being integrated into, you know, the game. And I see nothing but a win-win recruiting. Um, remember how the zone used to work? Remember room one, you'd, you'd lock it down and all of a sudden you see it open up, you'd, you'd snag it. Uh, you'd, so you'd have, you know, uh, you know, SGR recruiting, you know, number one, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you also have, for me, I, I see a need of like, what if we do have new players and it is integrated somehow into the game via PGI, uh, whether it's MW Lobby or their own lobby system of saying, hey, here's room four. I'm going to be practicing, you know, uh, four mans with all new players. And I'm going to be sitting and answering questions and stuff like that. It just gives you a a way to do that a form a median if you will um, that doesn't exist right now at all and it doesn't look like it's going to really exist you know unless pgi says hey we are doing a lobby system so yeah i mean if uh if there's anything we can do to support mwo lobby that's i mean it's a really neat initiative to see uh so we're definitely looking at bringing in for example some of the some of the more uh, anonymous stat systems uh like rankings and leaderboards uh definitely getting some sort of a public api up there that they could take advantage of Oh, there's that word. So you guys, that's your thought. I mean, is that your thoughts or is that PGI's thoughts? That's something we are, we're working on. How about we say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, we're, we're fans of the whole API system, no doubt about it. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, this community will be as big as it wants to be. Now, that being said, if they have some tools, i.e. private matches, spectate tool, uh, stuff like that, and then everything else would be icing on the cake, and it it's, it's going to be as big as we want. You could have tournaments and prizes, and you name it, you can do it. And I think, uh, you know, MW Lobby, I think the Run Hot or Die, I think all these leagues that you see and, and projects. War Room. Art, well, everything, War Room, art being made, beast videos, all this. It just shows you that the community is a huge content creator and to, to be able to tap into that and let them literally run with the ball, if you will, not drop the ball, run with it. Drop the um, ball off. Yeah, drop the ball off. Run with it is why not? And I almost feel like from a business standpoint, that should be something like PGI should be like, yeah, we totally agree. Uh, there's no way. I mean, even Valve even came out and said that about like Team Fortress 2 and a few of their other games. They were like, there's no way we can compete against the content creation of our community members. And uh, I'm, I'm totally behind that. Just to poke in here, as someone who is part of, was at least part of one of the biggest uh, Team Fortress 2 servers um, and groups, I can say that definitely one of the things that kept me coming back was the content that was coming out every single week from certain individuals like this is this is the reason why i continued playing for like three or four like not not just hats i see people saying in the chat below but like the maps and the like mods and stuff like that that they were doing for the server it was just incredible hey phil um i'm seeing a little chat going on you know we always bring up api uh, but i don't think we've really done a good job of defining it you want to kind of just give a brief description of how it interacts uh, as far as the game and then with community content and, and why it will be a benefit? Well, I could tell you what my experience was with like EVE Online and their API system. I mean, yep. basically, it's a it's tools that spit out and or, and Carl, you're the perfect one actually to ping in here, like how it receives and it pushes out d uh, data that uh, you allow for you know the players to be able to tap into for instance uh if we were to drop in a match of a 12-man queue in mwo uh 
the system would spit out a battle report. It would say who was there, how much damage did they do, who did they damage, how much damage. Like, for instance, if I was killed in a match, it would list out every single person who shot me, how much damage they did, you know, what weapon I was killed with. Uh, not only that is you've got other stuff. I mean, uh, personal information like, uh, you know, how many mechs I have, which ones are mastered. Um, it could be who's taken over what planet uh, for community warfare. I mean, am I correct, Carl? I mean, API and general, Yeah, yeah, that's... I mean... Uh... Honestly, uh, because of the way our, our servers are, are decoupled from the game, uh, we have the ability to open up almost everything that the, the client does to the website. Uh, I mean, we have to we have to limit that a bit because, of course, it's just unsafe to open everything up. But uh, Kyle has got uh, Fox, PGI Fox. He's got just enormous flexibility in what he can integrate with uh, the web forums. And uh, for the API that we're looking at for the community, it's basically him looking at a subset of those operations that he says you know what these are these are very useful for the community uh they're they're safe to release to the community uh for for some sort of integration uh so definitely uh like anonymized statistics and leaderboards are, are just right up there we could we could definitely look at doing that for the community yeah you also have uh you know kill boards for instance if we could have it so you know you go to ngng and when you register you put in you know a full api or like a limited one and and um it would tap into like our kill board and on that kill board it would show like top you know damage dealer of the day you know or top you know killers of the day or top loser i mean you know battle reports would be being spit out i mean there's so much you can do and from the automation process from the league standpoint uh you know from arhad um and you've got uh you know uh, merrick and you know proxis i know isn't any longer but mrbc you literally would be able to have almost full automation to a certain extent to where when you drop against someone else another 12 men the whole battle would be recorded all that data would be there and it, you could literally rp the, you, you could literally do a mech warrior rp like you know um mech warrior universe yes i mean the, it's that's how important and how powerful if these tools are released to the public and you know what it does is it requires little probably um effort on pgi's uh you know side i'm, I'm gonna say he's not a programmer but he i'm not a programmer <laughs> I, I say that but you just put it into ms paint yes but the end result is so monumentally power i mean powerful to the community and it allows basically the community to do whatever they want and create whatever they want there are a lot of guys currently doing stats for, I don't know about Arhad, but I know that Merrick has a very dedicated core group of statisticians that are keeping some ridiculously impressive stats. Like, we're talking, like, assists, kills, damage per match, everything, and creating, like, battle values for players, which is really cool. And then we had somebody else come in, and they're doing, like, a fantasy mech warrior, so you can, like, pick pilots throughout Merrick, and then uh, come in and you can make your fantasy mech warrior team, which is it's pretty cool. But if you could get all of those stats linked to a replay file that you could then submit to the website so that anybody could view the replay and see the stats, that would be so cool. Well, with that as well, too, I mean, you brought up a point of one of the cool things I liked about, you know, Killboards and Eve was the fact of it's like a mini competition. And your, your kill-death ratio, your win-loss ratio, your performance in every single, even if it's public match or even 12v12s, it matters. And, you know, so to me, it just puts context into to it all. And, of course, it gives the community literally the freedom to do whatever the heck they want. And it, if that means 
all it is is going to be positive things in the community to grow, which equals PGI getting more players. Uh, you know, as far as retention and players that are involved and snowball you know, more marketing. And I mean, it, to me, you know, that's how I look at it. Is it's nothing but good. And so I'm hoping. Uh, and you know, Carl, I, I know you guys have been active over at MW Lobby and is to just sort of see how important it is to the community. I mean, you've literally got Raffle that talks to every single, you know, um, competitive team and, and out there. It is very important. But uh, anyways, guys, I just want to say thank you again to Brandon, uh, Tyler, Carl for being here. And of course, uh, James, uh, it's always a pleasure, man. Uh, thank you again for letting me be on The War Room. It was a, um interesting drunken mess uh, at the end, <laughs> but... Uh, Good times were had. And it was fun to watch. Yeah. Three hours, I think, of discussing LRMs at the time. It was hey, three hours of having fun together. Is it was. I see it. <laughs> so anyways, guys, again, I just want to give a quick shout out uh, to our Amazon affiliate uh, shortcut on our um, on our f- forum and our website. Um, basically, it adds nothing to your cost and kicks back a small percentage to NGNG. It really does help. So if you're doing any shopping at Amazon, please utilize that. And of course, uh, big news. Uh, t-shirts are being restocked um, we've got a vote up right now it looks like the Battlemaster grid shirt has blown everything out of the water um, what does I this mean? I have no idea why though <laughs> it is pretty fucking awesome because it's a Battlemaster, home, what do you expect? home planet, home planet um, or bust I wanted the move shoot communicate mech but uh, anyways, uh, to sort of let you guys know we will be literally putting these up for pre-order and ordering them right off the bat um, so the pre-order will be so you can get your size shirt and guarantee that you're getting a shirt uh, whereas uh, you know if we run we run out of XLs and large is pretty damn quick so uh, just prefacing that we're going to be putting up more uh, stuff for voting by the way um, we're going to be doing multiple color t-shirts I think two to three uh, tone as well um, so see an improvement in sort of different styles uh, being introduced so that is happening right now we're doing it our paypal issues are no more thank god um and again a big thank you to our community our listeners new and old and our amazing staff and of course our sponsors thank you again for being a sponsor and helping you know pay for things like this team speak through server and hosting and stuff like that and of course if you are not a sponsor and you'd like to be head over to our website and click on the sponsors link and it'll show you what you support this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. And this is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hell. This is Tyler. This is James. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me, but I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me, you can feel it on my skin, but there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever did